Yo, I put it like wow. This the sound. These oaks don't work hard like me. I hope they know by now. Bail, bail. Stand my ground. Throw these money trees go overseas like Percy Tau. I'll make sure you stay around. Quiet when I'm under loud. No negatives allowed. Me positivity took a vow. I always play to win. Don't anticipate loss. Mind always in the clown, my boy. Never think about the drop. Never, ever, ever think about the drop. Welcome to the sports fans. It is the MKT show on this fine day in Atlanta, Georgia. So I can announce this. We'll be back in the Republic of South Africa next week. Um, not that it matters. Who cares where you are when you record stuff, you know, when you, when you make content for people. Um, been a good month out here, uh, in America, the USA. But it is time to come home and uh, be looking forward to bringing you some what I hope people uh, think is enjoyable content. I'm not um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what people enjoy, you know. It's my job to learn that, though. So looking forward to being back home. Lots of lessons learned here in America. Um, and it'll be good to be home. It'll be good to be home, hoping to bring you something I've been promising for a while. I still need to give away a thousand rand of my money, by the way. So that's something that still needs to happen. But at this stage, I might as well, maybe I need to, let me not make any promises, but the thousand rand is still going to be given away. We are on a, on uh, a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Um, but I want to make it a nice thing, you know, like a visual thing, which we haven't been able to do here in America. And that is what it is. That just is what it is. Looking forward to being home. Um, America is, if you're in business, I would say, Come to America and just see what growth mentality is. And, um, yeah, good lessons learned. I think, uh, I'm looking forward to learning a bit more when I get home. And if you're an entrepreneur, I would say lessons learned in the last 18 months, learn to run your business because nobody will understand your business better than you. And that's an important thing. It's an important thing is learn to run your business and also take responsibility for everything, you, you know, is that's the only way to be an entrepreneur. Nobody knows your business like you. Don't sulk. Like sulking's very much built into today's culture. If you want to have a secure job, that's okay. It's okay to take a salary. But if you're going to be an entrepreneur, one thing I will tell you is sulking is not an option. And take responsibility for everything. That's what you have to do. Good and bad, by the way. Good and bad. You must, you must take all of the responsibility for everything that goes right and wrong. Boy, oh boy, let me just tell you the last 18 months. I've got to be honest with you. <laughs> learning some business lessons, learning some people lessons. That's the most important thing to learn is people lessons. What are people like in business? Because, hey, money will clarify things for people. Boy, oh boy. And people will, people, people will tell you whatever they need to tell you. Let me just tell you this. But it, it, it's good. It's good. It's good to learn the full journey, right? And as with anything, with human beings, as there's idiosyncrasy, and you, you have to, you have to be able to take the good with the bad. You have to. If not, don't be an entrepreneur. Let me just tell you, because entrepreneurship is not Instagram, by the way, because Instagram on, uh, entrepreneurs just tell you about the good times. So America, all good in the end. Um, I think for me. From a business point of view, I think it'll be good for those people that have stayed on board this long. So shout out to you and are a part of the, I would say the cult now. Like this is awesome. I thought my numbers would uh, depreciate greatly when we were here and feel disconnected. But no, 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 no. Stayed steady. So shout out to you guys. And ultimately, it's an awesome way um, to attempt to make a living. So that's awesome. Uh, really appreciate Largely um, on the African continent, but uh, people all over the world still listening, still tuning in, and um, I'm loving it. So it's the MKT Show. Let's get into it as I do on Fridays, though. I'll give you my Friday five. Obviously, Karim Benzema with a legendary performance, um, knocking out PSG. And yes, there is no more away goal rule. I know. I said there was. There isn't. Um, I made a mistake. Got to own up to that. People are saying I'm not a big time journalist. I am big J journalism. 
I overlooked that. But no more away goals rule, but still a, a legendary performance by uh, Karim Benzema. I'll give you in modern day football. So I'd say from 95 onwards, modern day football, the five greatest French strikers of all time. Because obviously, what does Twitter do immediately? Karim Benzema is the greatest of all time ever. Uh, you, you know, David Alaba celebrating with a chair. So now people are into it. Boom, boom, boom. It's the biggest story of all time. Karim Benzema. There's never been anyone like Karim Benzema. But it's now culture, right? It is now, now, now. Now's the best that's ever been. Problem is, old people like me have also watched football over time, and that hasn't changed. And stats aren't always a clear indicator. I think stats in sport for me should take you over the top, but my eyes tell me what they tell me. And like, again, football's the only sport where I feel I can speak with real conviction because I've played at a professional level. So I know what it's supposed to look like when you're proper. And then the numbers will differentiate you because all that is numbers are to take out the dude talk, right? But if you're legendary over, and I'm not into like longevity awards, you've got to be sensational in the time you play, like dominant for me to consider you an all-time great. So I'm going to give you the French uh, top five strikers of all time uh, with Karim Benzema's performance uh, sending Twitter into meltdown. So that'll be the Friday five. We'll finish off with the Friday five instead of start with it. But I thought, you know what? Could be my last show in America. Not too sure when exactly I fly back home. It'll be sometime next week. But this could be our last show in America. And I thought I'd wrap up or, or, or start with some of the breaking news from here because what's nice about being here is I experience all of the stuff that I usually wake up to because I'm only I'm usually waking up to it's I think it's midnight in South Africa right now so generally I like to be in bed by like because I'm an old man I like to be in bed sort of 9 p.m South African time Central African time um, which is around what is that 12 12 Eastern time, I think. I think it's 12 Eastern time. So that's midday. News is still breaking. But being here during the day, bang, 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 even Twitter obviously um, being what it is, I'm experiencing all the stuff I love, NFL, NBA. You, you know, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the stuff I've been experiencing in real time. Right, that means I can interact with it in real time, and that's much more. It's a much more enjoyable way as a sports nerd to interact with stuff because. Oh man, is this going to be bigotry FC? Maybe, but I, I have to say it because I've never really grown up, so I'm still a bachelor, and there's a reason for that. Is I'm a little bit of a man child, a little bit selfish. Talk about someone selfish a little bit later, but nobody can lecture me on being selfish. Right? Is I am one of the most in my personal capacity, I'm one of the most selfish people you could ever meet. Like, I know that. There's no denying it. Incredibly selfish. I don't really like to share my personal time and space unless you're uber close to me. Like, I don't have a lot of... I'm not big into, like, big friendship groups. It's not really my thing, you know? Like, I love people. Love interacting with them. But outside of my family and my very close friends, I'm not really a let's hang out guy. Not really my thing. Did that in my 20s. Yeah, turns out I'm more of a homebody. That's what I am. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm probably the most boring person I know in, the, in a personal capacity. Like uber disciplined. I eat all the same things every single day. Uh, I do the same stuff largely seven days a week. I wake up at the same time largely. Um, it hasn't been that way in America, but when I'm at home, I wake up largely 4 a.m., 4.30 a.m. every day. Kind of, kind of really, you know, a bit of a, I'm probably what you might describe as the processed cheese and tomato sandwich on just plain white bread. One of the most boring human beings to ever live on this planet. You're right. Super selfish guy. That's me. And But I don't feel bad about that. Like, I think a lot of people would say, oh, but you're not selfish. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, I take great pride in being extremely selfish in a personal capacity. So with my personal, with my time, I'm super selfish. I mean, with other stuff, you'd have to ask other people, you know. Maybe maybe my friends think I'm selfish as well, which 
then begs the question, why the hell are they hanging around me? Hmm. Maybe. Maybe a big question to ask when I get home. Why do you guys continue to hang around me? Do they think I'm wealthy? Maybe. Because I'm not, by the way. That's a big ruse. That would be a lie. Maybe they think there's something in it for them in the long term. There's not financial. I'm also, I, it's, I don't know. don't know. Am I having an existential crisis right here on the podcast? Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Not sure what my point was going into this, by the way. I think I was talking about something. But anyway, learn to build your business ultimately and learn to run your business. Because those are two different things, by the way. I am learning that. Uh, we're going to year three of the MKT show as a business. Um, learn to run your business. That's very, very different to learning to build your business. Um, but learn to run your business. And be okay. Be okay with all the outcomes and take absolute responsibility. That's a takeaway lesson. But anyway, um, so America, um, fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, super growth mentality here. Um, and those lessons will be brought home. But anyway, talked about that already. Boring. Starting to repeat myself. Uh, let's get into a few of the things that are happening on the ground here. Breaking news. As I, as I recorded this podcast, as I am recording the podcast, the news is breaking live. Deshaun Watson, um, quarterback, hugely talented, um, Clemson Tiger, national, natty champ, as they say here, national champ, of course, uh, with the, um, Clemson Tigers. Um, he has been acquitted of all criminal charges. Now, if you haven't seen it, there are multiple charges against this guy um, from masseuses, um, physiotherapists, and other ladies saying he made them uncomfortable in a in a variety of ways. So I don't really want to get into the gory details. You can go and look that up yourself if you care at all for it. But I'm not a lawyer, so I'd probably have to bring someone on who is a lawyer. Because I don't know law. But he has been... The jury has decided there isn't enough evidence for him to to sort of undergo criminal charges. Now, according to Twitter, because I haven't really looked into it, I just jumped on the podcast as soon as that happened. Um, I was watching, actually, England against France. Oh, my goodness. Northern Hemisphere rugby. What a snorefest. Grey Bloom would hammer... Both of those teams, France and and Wales, could pick their two. You, you know what? Grey Bloom could play. For those who don't know, Grey Bloom, the greatest sporting factory in the history of the world. By the way, I mean, and I didn't go to Grey Bloom, so I like I have nothing to support. It's just the numbers are ridiculous. But Grey Bloom could play France in the first half, play Wales in the second half, and hammer both by twenty. Northern Hemisphere rugby is hilarious. It's hilarious. It looked like I was watching a touch rugby game. The lack of physicality. I'm like, is this rugby or what are we doing here? Anyway, I, I you know, probably should do a rugby podcast for this because I love rugby. I love it. And I, I was just watching it and I thought, oh, I see why these guys can't beat us even when they bring four teams for one. <laughs> Daniel Bigger. He's the most one-dimensional rugby player I've ever seen. I cannot believe the Lions started him for three tests. No wonder we beat them. And keep in mind, we hadn't played for a year. If the if the Springboks had been playing right for the year leading up to the Lions series last year, we would have we would have beaten them by fifty points in every test. If you think Daniel Bigger is going to live with our guys, France were awful, by the way. So I don't know if that was a good game. Or it was just two watery, very mediocre teams jostling it out. The lack of physicality in Northern Hemisphere rugby is hilarious. The only time I feared a Northern Hemisphere team was that great Sir Clive Woodward team. So I, I was watching that, by the way. And I, I've just I've been a bit starved of uh, Commonwealth sports here. So I just thought, okay, let me watch this. Because I also haven't watched rugby in so long. Like, I... I, I I don't know if you're South African or, or wherever you are in the world. I'm not watching super rugby. That's just New Zealand teams. No, I'm not doing it. Why is that interesting for me as a rugby consumer? Like, I know that South African teams make New Zealand teams better. Those are the two best countries. 
so I don't know if that's going to go back. Obviously, New Zealand with their restrictions, um, Jacinda and her vibe, hey, whatever, you know. But I, I don't know. How good is the – is it still called Aotearoa or I'm, – I'm not too sure how to say it, which is – yeah, might be considered a little bit racist there. I should, I should learn how to, how to say it properly. But I haven't watched a single game of that and have no interest, by the way. Like I have no interest in that. I've lost – what's in it for me as a consumer who can watch the NFL and the Players' Championships on this week? Why do I want to watch just New Zealand teams? Have rugby thought about this? I mean, I love the All Blacks. I'll watch the All Blacks. I'm not watching the Crusaders. <laughs> why Why am I interested in that? Anyway, so I've been really starved of rugby over the last two years outside of watching the Springboks. Like, what's another interesting thing I can get behind in rugby? So I've actually, while I've been here, I've been really, I've been thinking about it. And schoolboy rugby is the last thing left for South Africans to watch, right? Schoolboy rugby or spring box, right? It's the box or schoolboy rugby. So I think we'll, let's see what we can do with uh, some schoolboy rugby content that's actually uh, enjoyable because, boy, oh boy, I, I don't know why we aren't putting out more content there, but I'll do I'll do some digging. Maybe when I get home, we, do, we, we follow a little bit of schoolboy rugby. Let me know, by the way, MKT Show Inspires. I mean, we've got the best schoolboy rugby in the world, right? Yeah, I'll probably do. Uh, we'll do some schoolboy rugby content. Let's see. Let's see if we can get in touch with some people, get some interviews with some players and coaches. Uh, might be fun. Might be fun. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into schoolboy rugby when I get home because I love schoolboy rugby, by the way. But I'm also, I'm yeah. So I'm a, I've been a bit starved. Anyway, I've been starved of uh, Commonwealth sport. It's been a month, and if you're a sports geek like me, no Sky Sports. Um, it's hard to get sort of pure just football content this side, right? Because if it's not NBA, and also I'm not fighting with how to watch American television. There's just, it's all over the place. It's, it's, it's too painful for me. So I'll wait till I get home. I'm reading my articles, catching up. Obviously, Chelsea, it's all burning down there. People are loving it. So I'm doing that as well. But yeah, so start with rugby. That was cool. But yeah, Deshaun Watson, by the way, Insane situation, insane situation. So we'll see how that that pans out for him. He he won't be charged criminally, but let's see. I don't think that's the end of it because I believe he will go to civil court. And also remember the NFL, um, if you engage in behavior detrimental to the league, they deal with you on their own as well. Roger Goodell, don't play that. So expect Deshaun Watson. That's gonna that's gonna heat up. It's a quarterback league. Listen, he's one of the he's one of the five premium guys right now. It's been 18 months out. Let's see how that works out. Um, but I guess he gets a preseason, right? So, and then let's see what Roger Goodell, he'll bring the hammer down as well. Interesting situation. Not, not sure if this has made it globally, but a guy called Calvin Ridley. And it's a really interesting dilemma for sport at large. <laughs> I always say this, right? And I live this. The worst thing for young men with money, and I, I was this guy, is to have time. The, the one thing you don't want is idle hands and time for rich young dudes. Because guys are awful at staying out of trouble in general. Now give them resources. Oh my gosh. And which is why if you observe the NFL, and I've read many articles where the GMs and coaches... They really worry about this, the guys in the off-season because these guys are making somewhere from between $2 million a year to some guys $20 million a year, some guys $30 million a year. And then largely the quarterbacks, they stay out of it. Unless you're Baker Mayfield, you will try and run from a cop. Um, shout out to Baker. Well, that was a while ago, though, but people are allowed to grow. Um but it's worrying. Like, I'll tell you, young men with time and money, and you saw it in the lockdown, right? The guys are having situations with multiple ladies at the same time in the same vicinity. I mean, there might be children listening to this. I don't want to get into the gory details. But largely speaking, if you leave young men with lots of money alone, they're going to find trouble. Because guys get bored. Like, guys get bored. 
it's why you need stuff to do. It's, it's almost why you, <laughs> I mean, I would imagine there's other benefits to, <laughs> to, to having a wife and a family. And it is a very, very, um, sort of, <laughs> look, you're probably going, this is why he's single. It is a very male. I, I don't think it's chauvinistic to look at it this way. Cause I can't say the benefits of having my own family. I don't, I don't, I've got, you know, I came from a family. My mom and dad made the call. I'm here now. I've never made a call to extend myself and my uh, sort of family situation. But I imagine there are other benefits to having a family. <laughs> but let me say this. It's, it's why, and I always used to wonder why Alex Ferguson had this rule. He said he, he advised his young players to get married immediately. And I was wondering why would he do that? But as I, as I get older and as I've sort of had resources, I get why <laughs> you just, you can't have a guy earning $5 million a year plus with time on his own, because largely speaking, and I've said this before, but everything that men do, right, is for women. If you're heterosexual, by the way, uh, if you're any other way inclined, this part of the podcast, not for you. Relax. I'm not saying you can't be attracted to anyone else, but I'm speaking to personal experience and I'm heterosexual. The more resources you have, the more trouble you can get in. And largely speaking with guys, it's generally female related, <laughs> right? <laughs> it just is what it is. Like if you're, if you're heterosexual, ladies are great. The more money you have, the more access not necessarily to higher quality, generally to better looking, right? Uh, what is the ad, old, uh, old adage is you're not ugly. You're just broke, which is, I mean, it's brutal for me to hear. You, <laughs> you're not ugly. You're just broke. So these guys have absolute access to all the trouble in the world. And a guy called Calvin Ridley found a new world of trouble. So it's an interesting one. So this Calvin Ridley guy, one of the superstars of the NFL, he took a year off um, mental health break. Um, but he was gambling. He gambled about $1,500, according to his Twitter, um, on NFL games, on, a, on what they call a parlay here. It's when you bet on multiple circumstances and games. And he was caught for that. And the Philadelphia Eagles were trying to trade for him because he, he's a megastar when he's on the pitch, by the way. Uh, on the turf, but he's now been suspended for a whole year. So he won't play the season. He will not uh, be allowed to engage in the NFL as a player this year for gambling $1,500. And that's going off as well. Now players are talking out going, Hmm, interesting. There's all sorts of guys getting to all sorts of situations. They get a five, six ba game ban. This guy gambles $1,500. And you ban him for an entire season. By the way, what that means is he'll miss out, um, if the reports are to be believed, between 10 and $12 million. Calvin Ridley has just sacrificed for 1500 bucks worth of enjoyment. So, yeah, it's going to happen. Hey, men with resources and time. It, it's why, <laughs> it's why when you get rich, you almost, it is important to be in a relationship because you need something to care about beyond yourself. And again, please, if you're, if you're a lady and you hear this, I imagine there are other benefits to having a good partner, <laughs> but, but I can only look at it from my own perspective. Cause right now where I am with my sort of man child perspective on life, I don't see the benefits right now of having a partner, but, but they probably exist. Otherwise all these great men wouldn't say behind every great, Man, is a great woman. Okay, I understand. I I imagine the support, the emotional, the anchor. Plus, women look at the world very differently. Some, and I don't know what the evidence is. Some, but some women soften men. You know, which is important. The whole the world isn't always about trying to punch through walls. Which you know, if you just leave men alone, that's what they're trying to do. It's just aggressive. Let's compete. Um, 
so I imagine there are multiple and, and I've seen it. I've seen multiple dimensions of what ladies bring to the dimension, but the number one cause of, I would say, getting married for sportsmen or any men with resources is so that you aren't just living for yourself because the more resources you have, there's only so many things you can buy in the world, right? There's only so many Instagram models. Eventually you're going to look, how much more trouble can I get in? And Calvin Ridley has found it. And hey, would this have happened if he was married? I don't know. Is Calvin Ridley married? I don't think so. I do not think so. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Hey, listen, married men make mistakes all the time as well. So who knows? I'm not a philosopher. I'm just saying that guys should get in relationships if for only to stay out of trouble. (laughs) So don't get in a relationship because of love, because I think it's all nonsense, by the way. Just get in a relationship if you have resources to stay out of trouble. Love to know what you think about that. Maybe it's complete malarkey and I'm crazy. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you should be in a relationship because of love and all the fluffy things. Who knows? What do I know? Just a, I'm just a knucklehead. I don't know anything. I'm just a dumb dumb who could kick a ball when he was younger. And now I can do nothing. So I talk about sport. It's much easier to do this. All right. So uh, Deshaun Watson, good luck to him. Good luck to whoever uh, drafts him, by the way, because Twitter is... A very divisive space. Not the real world, by the way. Less than, I think, um, 10% of the world's population is on Twitter. It's not the real world. So don't take it too seriously. Although the world does because sponsors and things like that will divorce themselves from people because of Twitter. It's, it's a strong force. Social media is real. And even if you're a cool old person or okay boomer, I believe the young people say, if you're a boomer, you can't ignore the force that is social media, not just Twitter, all of them. So it's real. It's here to stay. Get over it. You know, in life, you either adapt or die. Learn to live with it. It's real. It's a real force. Twitter's a real force, whether it's the real world or not. Reality is what you perceive, not always what's actually happening. It just is that way. Calvin Ridley has tweeted his way and behaved his way. Wow. 1500 bucks of enjoyment, $10 million lost. That That's what's happening. Uh, Deshaun Watson back in the mix. That'll be interesting to see what Twitter has to say and uh, the opinion havers, talking heads like me, because there's a bigger issue at play, especially now. We're not in that time anymore. We're not in a time where uh, men can just get away with uh, malarkey. We, we, it's not that time anymore. You can't be blatantly racist anymore. You cannot be chauvinist anymore. These are all great things, by the way, fantastic things. I'm not saying it like, oh, boo-hoo, protect the athlete. No, no, no. They get protected enough. They should, they're also human beings. They must deal with the consequences of life. I mean, oh, it's not always fair because Deshaun Watson, if he didn't have $100 million, we're not, not sure if he survives this case as he has, but okay, separate issue. But we'll see how it goes. The social backlash, let's see how it works out. The NFL have withstood far worse, by the way, far worse than Deshaun Watson. And what he's doing if found guilty um, in the civil court, is abominable. But he is valid now and open to be traded for and to play in the NFL. And that is what it is. Love it or hate it. Trust me, Twitter is going to have its say. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. It's a good and a bad thing. But it's it's real life. So looking forward to seeing how that uh, shakes out. By the way, breaking news. Huge news this morning. If you're like me. My dad forced me when I was younger, and I don't know if it's because my dad could see my personality. So my father's a super quiet guy, right? But he forced me to do everything because he saw quite early. So he was quite a good sportsman, by the way. Um, tennis would have played for South Africa if he, uh, if it wasn't for apartheid. Um, so he was super good at tennis. And then he was a top-notch goalkeeper as well, uh, played sort of amateur just beneath pro level uh, as a goalkeeper. So my, my old man's always been a, a big sports guy. And by the way, he would spend for me to get anything for sport. Sport and academia, you got my dad's attention. Academia, number one, he kind of saw that. I'm a moron. My sister, big brains, by the way. I think they stopped paying for school for her in the 10th grade and everything. She's never, she's paid for her own school all the way by being 
insane at academia. I'm the dumbest person in my family, which is awesome. And I've got a chemistry degree. It's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow that. But my father, anyway, point is, he's into the sports thing. All right, he rewarded all of that. Big time. Big time. And I think he saw quite early, like, hmm, this guy's... Because I'm a hyperactive person. So that's another thing about me. The contradiction is I'm a homebody, but I do not like to sit still. And America's been tricky for me in that sense because I've had to be kind of constrained, um, especially in the last few weeks, to to knuckling down. But I'm a hyperactive person. I like to move and groove in my home. I'm like, I, I would be a nightmare to be on holiday with, by the way. A nightmare. Because I'm, put the bags down. Hey, what are the 15 things I can do while I'm here? I have no interest in my cell phone or a TV while I'm on holiday. So a holiday with me is not a holiday, by the way. Because <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I'm all about experiences. So so yeah, my old man, he was quite into that. Yeah, you do sport. Point is, made me play baseball. Love baseball. Always have. I weirdly know the rules quite well because I've played it since I was eight. You know? So I was at Randberg, shout out. Um, and then and then they closed the Randberg Baseball Club down. And then I I couldn't really play anymore. I had to go to, I think, Santon in South Africa was the only place to play. I forget what they were called. Shout out Sheldon Smith. Uh, that man was a, a tank. I can't remember what they were called. Anyway, couldn't play there. Point is, Major League Baseball's back. So the, the CBA uh, has been ratified. Both sides are finally happy. I'm going to do more investigation. If you're into baseball, you've got to follow ESPN's Jeff Passan. Um, he's the guy to follow who got hacked, by the way, two days ago as um, sort of negotiations uh, were coming together, which was hilarious because it's basically the biggest day of his career. And they hacked him. So, But he's great. If you want to fo- follow um, baseball news, Major League Baseball, we're back. We're playing baseball. Trades are happening now. Um, I'll look more into it. Uh, but I'm interacting with that in real time. And I love baseball. But when I'm in South Africa... Zero, zero about baseball. So I follow Jeff Passan because then I can at least stay in touch. But baseball here, third sport. No, I mean, they have a guy, Rob Manfred, super smart guy, but he's not the most dynamic of um, commissioners. So he's not beloved um, here in America. Obviously, he works for the owners. He doesn't care. He's going to make his whatever millions a year. But baseball's back. And I'm delighted about that because I love the sport. Tough to watch, especially when in South Africa. It would be nice if I was here, I think, watch it live, interact with it live. It's very long, but I like test cricket anyway, so it's not that long. And I'd love to go to games. So that's not going to happen, though. Back in South Africa next week, they only start um, in spring training starts two weeks' time, I think. And then they'll uh, begin in April. So they've lost two series of games, millions of dollars. Interesting times. Uh, I'll keep you updated. If, if you're interested in baseball, hit me up at the MKT show, um, of course, on social media or MKT Inspires. If you're interested in baseball, let me know because I, I do like baseball a lot. Tough to follow from Africa, though. So that's big news. Uh, Major League Baseball's back. Last night, 76ers got absolutely trounced. And what's worrying there is that James Harden has reverted to his playoff self. And, and yesterday felt like a playoff game because of the booing. Ben Simmons, obviously, uh, that guy. Incredible. He came in in a Louis Vuitton um, hockey jersey. Iced out. And he's a very, very interesting figure. I, I want to tell you something. Why a, a guy like Ben Simmons would infuriate me. I resent human beings, right, who are apathetic. I, 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 there is, if you, if you want me to, to be, dis, to sort of despise you as a human being, be apathetic. Like, I cannot stand apathy. It is the most revolting human trait to me. Right? Be, be one way or the other. Like, take time to, to make decisions and think about the things that matter to you. But don't be apathetic. That, that is pathetic. And he's got that apathy thing, which in sport grinds me. Because I'm, I'm intense in real life. Like, people think I'm intense now, right? I, like, I talk to a few people. They're like, yeah, you're a bit intense. I think 
my God, if you knew me when I was really, really humming in, on the sports field, you, you, intolerable. And then if you met my father, I'm like, well, you think I'm intense? <laughs> You've got no idea what's going on. You clearly have no idea what's going on. But Ben Simmons is so apathetic. And I don't like people that are too cool for school, especially in sport. Like, be a part of it. Be a part of it. And his behavior has suggested he's just cool with whatever. And it's interesting because there comes a time in sport where you have to put it all on the line and there is no room for apathy then. You need to knuckle down. And apathetic people can't knuckle down in the trenches because in in traumatic, and, and there is trauma in sport, emotional trauma, it, we call it pressure, right? Big pressure players, is that in those moments, generally people revert to their default character. And it's true in life and it's true there, right? And I wonder what the Brooklyn Nets have bought into here. Because what he'll do is when the pressure comes, when Kyrie Irving, who I'll discuss just now, um, has demands on him, Brooklyn has demands on him, what happens then? He'll be apathetic in the biggest moments. And we know as you get into the playoffs, you get better teams. So the, it'll be situ- what they call in American sports situational, right? It'll come to two or three plays where you need him to dig deeper. And apathetic people don't have that level. They just don't. They cannot. His talent is insane. I don't know how he's made it to the NBA, right, with this attitude. But but it tells you just how talented the guy is. It, it is outrageous. Now, he's a guy who cannot shoot, by the way. But he, uh, you know, all-time, all-time defensive guy, 6'11", uh, wide uh, wingspan. You, you know, he so he can take their best player or second best player. I mean, he can't, in the, he's not in the post because he's not that guy. Just the size. Problem is he can't guard Embiid because of the size, right? Embiid's got the badunkadunk um, and he, he'd back him up and he'd be, he'd be on toast. But what he can do is, is be a sensational wing defender. I mean, we remember... Um, was it in the bubble or last year? Anyway, when he took Trey, uh, Trey Young, Ice Trey out of the game completely, like, okay, th- this thing's over as a wing defender, forget it. Th- th- this is nothing. I got him. You guys do the rest. Lockdown. All defensive player, by the way. But ultimately, apathy is a killer. For me, in sport, you cannot be apathetic. In, in life, you, you want to make me sick, be apathetic. But at that level, you have to run the motor. I think it's why the Dallas Cowboys are getting rid of Amari Cooper, different different subjects. But apathy is an absolute killer, and it'll be interesting to see what's happening there. But they got rid of um, Ben Simmons, the Philadelphia 76ers. But again, yesterday they melted, right? Is that you saw what happens when the big moment came, is James Harden reverted to his type. And man, oh man, you don't want to say it, but... So I was at the game when they got hammered by um, the Celtics. And it's another complete blowout in a big game. Man, that has to have you concerned. Because if you do this twice in a, in a playoff series, you're gone. There is no time to recover. You, What they've shown me is that they're capable of producing these types of meltdowns. Twice. I've seen what I need to see. Brooklyn Nets absolutely shellack them absolutely embarrassing and James Harden as he's been prone to do in the playoffs and this has been the biggest criticism of him it's not the talent cometh the hour it's a lack of cometh the man last night it was embarrassing 26 point loss I think in the end it was something like that it was a blowout it was ridiculous they were 30 down at half time with Embiid with Maxi, with uh, James Harden and ultimately, they made it uncomfortable for James Harden. And some people don't know how to operate when money's on the line. Which is why I always say, don't confuse talent for character. Nobody's doubting James Harden's talent. But now we've seen how many playoff games. And he shrunk. Yesterday was playoff intensity. Uh-oh. James shrinks again. So interesting situation there. Uh, to see how Joel deals with James Harden. And this is the problem with a James Harden type of guy, right? You just never know what you're going to get. Embiid's not the problem. Maxi's nice, but he's a third, fourth piece. 
you're going to need James Harden to to pitch up in the playoff series four times at least. At least. Yesterday, worrying, very, very worrying. Kevin Durant put on a masterpiece um, and, and shut it down. He says they played for Ben Simmons. I, I, I want to go on to another thing. Like in sport, the nice thing is that the stats eventually over an extended period of time tell you what you are. People are now saying, oh, the Nets are back. Brooklyn Nets, they won. They're back. No, they're not. They are the ninth best team for a reason. James Harden left for a reason. Listen, in every divorce, right, both sides have to take a blame. I hate this narrative of he was the bad person, she was the bad person in a divorce. No, no, no. You must both take your licks, right? Nobody gets married to get divorced. Whether true or not, Right, You didn't communicate to the other party and they wanted to leave. They went and sought a lady or a man on the side because they felt emotionally neglected. Whatever it was, what was promised was not delivered upon ipso facto. And it may be true. James Harden may be a flake. I mean, it's his third different team now. When things get a little bit tricky, is he a bailer? Maybe. But James Harden didn't just leave the Brooklyn Nets, just because James Harden wanted to leave the Brooklyn Nets. That's not true. That's never true. And breakups are never that simple. And the Brooklyn Nets winning last night means nothing to me. It means nothing to me. You know why? Because they're ninth in the East, the easiest conference. And you know what that tells me? That's actually who they are. They're the ninth best team. Now, people say, yes, KD's been injured and Kyrie and this and that. Yes, these things are part of it. KD has been injured and is prone to injury. And we've seen that even at Golden State when he didn't have to play that much, actually. And he didn't have to carry the load. KD's never really had to carry the load in a winning team. Can he live with that? The greatness of, of MJ and, uh, and LeBron James and Kobe Bryant was that they carried the load in winning teams and still carried the load. KD's never had to do that. He's been a, the only time he's won is at the Golden State Warriors when he was a beautiful cherry on top. He was not the cake. He was the fourth piece, right? I mean, the best player, but the fourth piece in a beautiful, beautiful situation where he just took them over the top. He didn't need to be Steph. He didn't need to be Draymond. He didn't need to be Clay. He could just go out there and do his thing. Now, as the pressure comes, Right, he has to play more minutes under more pressure. Listen, we've seen that stress does factor into injuries. The science is clear on that. And KD has never lasted in that sense. And the time he did have the chance, he had uh, Golden State 3-1 down. We saw what happened at OKC. So that hasn't changed. And now he's older and more injury prone, not less brilliant, probably the best player, um, the best player in the world right now. He is. He is. But nothing's changed for me. The Brooklyn Nets are ninth for a reason. And let me tell you something that's quite interesting. Kyrie Irving came out and said, we did it for Ben Simmons. Take it from somebody who I've, I've told you earlier. I know what a selfish person looks like. Kyrie Irving is one of the most selfish people in the world. But please do not be fooled. He did nothing. It had nothing to do with Ben Simmons. And that's not going to last. With people like Kyrie Irving, he's ruined every situation he's been to. He is such a selfish person. And you know how I know? I'm a selfish person. I know how selfish people behave. Like Kyrie Irving. He's so selfish. So please don't buy into the, we did it for Ben Simmons. Do me a favor. It's an ego thing for him. It's got nothing to do with Ben Simmons. And it's just one game. And by the way, he's still not vaccinated. We don't know whether that's going to change or not. Don't tell me about doing it for the team. When you've got a guy like Kyrie Irving, you know, when you're trying to win, it's hard enough. And it's not coming out the Golden State Warriors saying, managing KD, you were walking on eggshells, which is why they actually didn't fight that hard to keep it. Because winning's hard enough, right? You do not need people making it more difficult. And you certainly don't need your best players making it more difficult for you to win. Kyrie Irving, he, he's... Unfortunately, because of his size, no matter how brilliant, people keep saying he's got the best handles uh, that they've ever seen in NBA history. Perhaps. Perhaps. 
But since he left LeBron James, he's a man-child. He's very, very selfish. And I know selfish. That's what it looks like. I'm not judging Kyrie Irving for being selfish, by the way. I'd be a hypocrite. What I'm saying is, is the Brooklyn Nets have built their house on Kevin Durant, who's got burner accounts, so insecure, injury-prone Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving, who has actually not pitched up to work. He once didn't pitch up for work and was on a Zoom call with the red-headed lady from Sex in the City. And in the pandemic, didn't pitch up for work. The videos came out. He was at his sister's birthday when, when we didn't know what COVID was. This is a guy telling you, I'm doing it for Ben Simmons. Come on, bro. Come on, dude. That's not a leader. So please don't let his energy for one night trying to front. And he's doing his best because he wants to be Martin Luther King. You'll never be Martin Luther King. You're way too selfish for that. Way too selfish, by the way. And this, you're not misunderstood. Because <clears throat> listen, I have no time right, for people who, who think they're mavericks. If you're a maverick, be a maverick. Like I never heard Pamela Anderson explaining herself. Right? I'm so misunderstood. No, no, no. Dennis Rodman never explained himself. Mavericks. Elon Musk doesn't explain himself. If you're a maverick, go and be a maverick. Martin Luther King never explained himself. He's doing what he's doing. Nelson Mandela, they're, in, they're not explaining themselves. These mavericks, LeBron, MJ, they're not explaining themselves. Tom Brady, he has never explained himself. He's never sat down and explained why he did why he drinking kale juice. He's not explaining that. He's doing it. Kyrie Irving does more talking than he does actually behaving what he says. He's so selfish, that guy, which I have no problem with. I have a problem when you, you, you're full of BS. And that's what the, the Brooklyn Nets have built their team on. Never going to work. You've got two, two interesting human beings as your foundation. That's never going to work. Because, again, it, it's, the, it's the allure of talent, right? Kyrie, best ball handles in the, in the league, Kevin Durant the best player in the world, that's talent-based. What happens when things get tough? Ben Simmons has had mental health issues. We don't know when he's going to play. That's your best three players. The NBA is full of talent, of the best coaching in the world. They'll coach because then comes on to toughness. It comes on to toughness. And we've seen Kyrie Irving does not like to be, he doesn't like it when there's pushback. He likes to do things his own way. You want to win. You need to win as a team. And again, come at the hour, come at the man. None of these guys, since Kyrie left LeBron, it's been a mess wherever he's been. Since KD left Golden State, what's it been? A mess. Injured the whole of last season. OKC couldn't win. He needs the help because you need a foundation. Talent is not a foundation. And as Paddy Apton says, talent is... Talent is one thing, right? But talent is not an achievement. Grit. Can you can you knuckle down? Can the Nets do that? Absolutely not. They will not. Don't worry about them. It was one night and the talent came through. Can you do that seven times against Joel Embiid, against James Harden? I look forward to seeing that. Against Jason Tatum, are you going to be able to do that? Against uh, Giannis and Drew Holiday? Ah, it ain't going to happen. Forget it. Forget it. People base one game. Kyrie Irving will have a problem. Some people just like drama and attention. Kyrie Irving will have another problem. Even if they change the mandate, Kyrie Irving will find something else to complain about and make it a nightmare. So don't worry about the Nets. I know selfish people. Can't tell me about that. Can't lecture me on selfish. I'm I'm the world's most selfish human ever. Game recognized game, as they say. I know what selfish looks like. Kyrie Irving is so selfish. And with selfish people, you can't win. Selfless is the only way to do great things. Winning championships is not easy. It's not for selfish people. LeBron James, for all of his shortcomings, is a sharer, an environment builder. There'll be pressure, but that's sport. That's winning. That's life. But he brings people in. You have to bring people in. Kevin does his own thing. Kyrie does his own thing. Unfortunately, that's all good and well when things are going well. What happens when they don't go well? Who unites the team? KD won't. Kyrie won't. You know how I know that? They've never done that. All they've ever done is divide teams. 
So we'll see how it goes. Talent or character. Let's see who wins. I think Milwaukee Bucks still sensational. I think they'll still win it. But I think 76ers have a real chance if James Harden can sort out the yips. He has the yips. He He has pressure yips. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Those are my thoughts on the American side of things. Surely there's other benefits to having to getting a wife, eh? Surely. There must be. There must be. Please feel free to tweet at MKT Inspires. And if you think it is chauvinistic, you should also say that. Because <laughs> I'm suggesting guys should get married to a lady. Or whoever, by the way. Get a partner. But generally, oh, I guess you can adopt. But I'm, I'm speaking as a heterosexual man again. Because that's the only way to be honest. I don't know the world from any other lens. Guys should get married just to stay out of trouble. Like If you have lots of money, it's almost the right thing to have kids. <laughs> Not because you want them, but because it'll fill your time. You know what I mean? I, I know it's an extremely practical way to look at something which people apply idiosyncrasy and beauty to and and there is a great philosophical beauty to having children and and extending to your so, sort of to another it's another level of thinking right selflessness but i think on a practical point of view if you're a dude and you're rich and you're young get booed up because it'll keep you out of trouble and i imagine once you're booed up, you, you'll experience those other benefits that people might say a chauvinist like me won't. Or maybe people don't think I'm chauvinistic because I don't think it's a chauvinistic thing to say. I'm just giving advice to dudes. You know, get booed. I, I'm saying get in a relationship. It's a good thing. I've always said relationships are good. But in this case, I'm saying relationships are good, number one, because they keep you out of the amount of trouble you could get in. I'm not saying they're a security blanket. That's absolute because we have seen Bill Clinton before. All right, that's enough of that. All right, that's enough of that. Okay. uh, (laughs) To finish off this week, to finish off, um, possibly finish off America, uh, as I do every single Friday, I'm going to give you the Friday Five. This Friday, I give you the five greatest French strikers of all time after Karim Benzema um, scored a legendary hat-trick to knock, ironically, French champion. Well, no, French juggernaut uh, PSG out of the Champions League again Neymar's out again shocker Maurizio Pochettino might be Man United manager how hilarious is that uh, Friday 5 the 5 greatest strikers um, to come out of uh, Leble of all time in, in modern day football certainly I'll give you that Friday 5 coming up now right at number 5 listen he was troublesome but Arsene Wenger said he's the greatest talent he has ever worked with. This is a guy who worked with Thierry Henry, by the way. He said, this is the greatest talent and my greatest regret was that I couldn't get this guy to deliver at the absolute top level. English Premier League champ, um, UEFA Champions League champ, Serie A and Euro 2000 champ. He's probably the most talented on this list ever, but he just could never grow up and get it together. I haven't seen his documentary on Netflix yet, but at number five, the enigmatic sensational and he broke my heart because I was actually there in Russia in Luzhniki or at the Luzhniki stadium in 2008 missed the penalty and the rest is revolting history but at number five the magnificent Wunderkind who never quite hit his straps uh, Nikola Anelka at number four this one might surprise people but he was a World Cup stalwart for them he was a tremendous foil for Kylian Mbappe and uh, Griezmann uh, World Cup winner, Champions League uh, winner, and four-time FA Cup winner, twice at Arsenal, or three times at Arsenal, once at Chelsea. A Chelsea and Arsenal cult hero at this stage, and still doing the business at AC Milan at the age of 35, at number four. A very, very wrongly maligned and much underrated, Olivier Giroud. At number three. Problem here is, right, is probably the, not definitely the greatest era of European club football. It needed the catalyst that is Gareth Bale and Cristiano Ronaldo was already there. Now, Ronaldo, let's keep in mind, could not win in the Champions League without the arrival of Bale. So I credit Gareth Bale a lot for unlocking Cristiano Ronaldo because 
listen, it's crazy to say that about Ronaldo, but Ronaldo two on one was a headache. But when you had to account for Gareth Bale, what, like he was back then? <laughs> then you, you, you had to be on an island against Ronaldo and on an island against, um, Gareth Bale, plus you had Sergio Ramos, right, in that team. So he can't claim those, um, the, the, that sort of treble of Champions Leagues, uh, in a row. And he had his chance at Euros for France and it just didn't come together, did it? I don't want to hear he played well. Either you get us there or you don't. Uh, I, I have no time for that in sport. Either you're the guy or you're not. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, they get us there. But at number three, you have to say, tremendous record. Um, four-time Champions League winner, three, three La Liga titles, and that legendary hat-trick, of course, to knock out PSG in a very unfancied Real Madrid. At number three, Karim Benzema. At number two, the most complete number nine in French history for me. All right. He scored that Euros goal that we all remember. The most effective in terms of touches to goals ratio in the history of the sport ever, by the way. A Euros title, a World Cup title, part of that dynastic French movement. Two-time Serie A champ. Affectionately known by Juventus fans as a treasure goal. At number two. David Trezeguet. At number one, I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, man. Come on, man. At number one, greatest English Premier League player of all time. Two-time EPL winner, uh, Mr. Mr. Invincible. Won two Premier League titles, two La Liga titles, a European Champions League, part of that French dynasty, World Cup, Euros. Number one, there's only one. Vavavum, Mr. Thierry Henry. He's, he, listen, come on. Come on. Come on, da. Come on, guys. I like Benzema. But can we stop? He's not better than Henry and he's not better than Trezeguet. Stop it. Benzema's resume is legendary. But he has, he's never been the guy in a Champions League winning team. If he does it now, then we're having a different conversation. Then we're having a different conversation. But let's be honest, those teams were carried by Bale, by Ronaldo and Sergio Ramos. Right? I, like even Modric and these other guys, I give them secondary credit. That was Bale, it was Ronaldo and it was Sergio Ramos. That, that's who carried the team home. Yes, it's a team sport. I get it. But you got to be the guy. you got to have those guys. Bale was that guy. Without him, they couldn't win. Now they're four deep. Four Champions Leagues deep. They won three in a row, by the way. Sweet mother. At number five, Nicola Analka. Number four, Olivier Giroud. At number three, Karim Benzema. At number two, David Trezeguet. And at number one, the greatest natural talent I've ever seen in the Premier League. I like Cristiano Ronaldo, but he's built himself to be what he is. Thierry Henry, was, he looked like he was playing in slippers at a stage. He, he, looked, like he, he looked like he defied gravity. While everybody else lived in the third dimension, Thierry Henry for about four or five years. My God. My God. And, and I've yet... Listen, I love Didier Drogba, right? But Thierry Henry made it look so easy. When you make it look that easy against other pros in the best league in the world, at a time when people could spend, by the way. That's been shackled a little bit now. Without him, Arsenal on Arsenal. Personality, leader. That matters, right? At that level, right, to be the guy... To propel your team to get there. He's done it everywhere. Didn't work at Juventus. Came to Arsenal. And it, it changed the face of British football forevermore. They've never known another one like Thierry Henry. Not close. Not close. I like Ronaldo. He's not. He wasn't prime Henry. Not, not in the Premier League anyway. Nowhere near it. Nowhere near it. Do not let Man United fans lie to you. There were two or three seasons where it's ridiculous that Henry... 
hasn't won World Player of the Year and Eto, but okay, different conversation. But there were two or three years where Thierry Henry was producing what Ronaldo went on to produce. But uh, but the Premier League's never seen anything like Prime Henry. Never. Not close. And back then, you could tackle, by the way. Cristiano Ronaldo has come into an era where they protect the star player. Back in the day, Thierry Henry was... My God, some of the some of the defending, and he he was unplayable. So those are my five greatest French strikers of all time. I thought I'd give that list because Twitter needs to relax. Karim Benzema is listen. Maybe a conversation to be had is the best number nine that um, Real Madrid have had because sometimes the numbers become overwhelming. It, it's going to be tough for him to ever be considered over Raúl just because Raúl's one of their own. You know. De Stefano, you know, I, I'm not sure he'll ever get that sort of, unless, if, if listen, if Benzema takes him to a treble, right, this year, or a double, uh, La Liga and Champions League double on his back like he did now, we start to have a different conversation because now he's led the team to that. He's not just an auxiliary piece, right, a cog in the system. If Benzema this season takes Real Madrid to a title, with a 36-year-old Modric, we're having a different conversation. And, and listen, he, it's not like he's playing with bums either. Do me a favor. Casemiro is still one of the best. I right, still got Marco Asensio. Imagine if Eden Hazard would stop eating. They'd have, they'd have something. But you still got Asensio. You got Vinicius, who's a sensational talent. And we, we saw that. And I think he was sensational, by the way, in the second half. They've got young Rodrigo to come. As well, so it's not it's not bums, and then the legendary David Alaba at the back, who's still in his prime. So please, it's not Real Madrid with nothing to work with, and then probably the best in terms of Champions League coach, probably the best of all time, Carlo Ancelotti. And I don't just say that; he's got three Champions League titles. All right, remember he got La Decima. So please do not underestimate what he has to work with. If Benzema does it now, I think he, he moves into the conversation of greatest number nine. He can get into the conversation. I'm not sure, no matter what you do, I, I don't know if you can ever overshadow Raul. I mean, maybe stats nerds will tell you, will break down Benzema because he's now got more goals. And, but I also watched Raul and he was a captain and he, he was a leader and he had to manage the the most difficult locker room of all time to manage. And he still managed it. That first iteration of Los Galacticos. That was ridiculous. And relatively speaking, trouble-free. I, I guess they were all great pros, though. It wasn't like... It, none of them were real mavericks. I think it all, felt, it all became too much when Beckham joined. It was like... I like David Beckham, but he's he was clearly like a... Uh, sort of merchandise buy. David Beckham doesn't belong in the same football pitch as Luis Figo. Right, that's when they let Makelele go. But Beckham's not in the same talent echelon as like Figo and, you know, Ronaldo R9, Luis de Lima, right, and Raul and these guys. And then it all fell apart. It, it became a bit hysterical when Beckham went there. You remember that? And then he, he reverted from right inside winger to holding mid, like they, they wanted him to play quarterback. And, and then it got a bit hilarious. And then that's when the Galacticos fell apart. But when they were doing it, hey, Champions League's uh, one La Liga title, which is hysterical. I think Beckham was a part of that. But it all fell apart when Beck's joined. Because Beckham was probably over the hill then. He wasn't the Beckham that was churning out the most miles at right mid. And also, it just never worked. He he wasn't very good in midfield. He was okay. He was serviceable, but he wasn't. It became about golden balls, and Raúl managed that. So that'll be tough. I don't I don't think he's the greatest Real Madrid, and it's going to be tough again. Overlook Cristiano Ronaldo, Gareth Bale that era, three in a row. I'm not sure Karim Benzema will ever get the credit. Some might say he deserves. Is he a cog? Because he's also not a cog like Olivier Giroud. It's not like Bale and Ronaldo were playing off him, by the way. He wasn't doing any hold-up play, link-up play. Those guys, just get it to them. Bale, cut inside, hammer, put the ball on the center line. It's a goal. Bicycle kick. You you, you know, Ronaldo didn't need hold-up play. That's not what he needed. 
He never has. Bale hasn't either. So it, so I'm I'm not sure. It's quite lazy to just say, oh, Benzema was doing the dirty work. No, he wasn't. They had Cruz, they had Casemiro for that. If anything, his numbers are weirdly low considering how many chances he he had with those with those guys, right? But okay, it's getting into the long grass. Um, I want to give him his credit, and he's been he's been magnificent this season for Real Madrid. So I'd love to know what you think. Uh, that is my Friday five five greatest French strikers of all time. Um, my name is MKT. I hope you have a fantastic weekend, no matter where you are on planet Earth. Um, I hope this is the best weekend of your life. Um, next time you hear from me, possibly still from Atlanta, but possibly back in my, probably be at home. Probably be at home. Probably record my, the podcast at home. Oh, who, who knows? But will you, uh, the podcast will be back more regularly. Um, and we've tried in the last week, but we'll be back once I'm back in South Africa and settled. Uh, we'll be back daily and look out for more announcements. Uh, the MKT show, um, Hoping to bring you the visual stuff as ASAP, uh, working on one or two things. Uh, but otherwise, the podcast will be as regular as it is now. And I will make sure um, that you are getting the content as it is now and a little bit more and a little bit better. Uh, before I leave, actually, remember to go and check out the Know Your Power podcast. Uh, myself, Siabella Sonatla, and some of his compadres. Um, really, really cool stuff. It's nice to see an honest superstar. Because usually they're trained and the guys give... He is... <laughs> he's real. He's, he's a real person. And now I see why people love him. And why he has some, such respect in and amongst um, the playing community and the real community. Right? The layman respects this guy. And that's very rare in sport. Because guys either are brilliant and they just have respect of their uh, sort of industry members, media, whatever... Siabella's got everything. He's been the best in the world. And people love that guy. Until I met him, right? Or met him virtually and we, we, we did this series. I didn't understand why. I was like, hmm, it's interesting. You know, it's always like, okay, is this guy, is he putting on a bit of a media show? No, sorry. It's now understandable why this guy is who he is. So go and check out the Know Your Power podcast, uh, probably brought to you by the MKT show, of course, in collaboration with Amarok, VW. VW, um, yeah, you can check out on YouTube. You can go and look at it. Otherwise, it is on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Obviously, most people should be on Pocket Casts um, if you are on Android. Otherwise, hey, wherever you listen to podcasts, know your power podcast. Very, very cool stuff. I'm still uh, re-listening to the first episode with Murray Ingram, but there's a few episodes there. There's eight episodes which you can go and check out. Flip Van Amava is an awesome ep- episode as well. He's awesome. That guy, him and Siabello, top level pros. Love it. All right. I hope you have a great weekend. My name is MKT. This has been the MKT show. And for now, I am the hell out of here. Thank you.